The following program is paid for by the partners and viewers of the Life of Faith broadcast. unto the Father which has made us to be made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of your dear son glory to God so verse 13 is our key verse those of us who are born again we have been translated from darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son and so we are kingdom citizens and so if we're kingdom citizens we need to know how to live according to the kingdom so that we can have a successful uh, life in the kingdom. Amen. Glory to God. So we need to release the world and go over and come over and really live like we're supposed to in the kingdom of God. Now, we said there's four components to kingdom living. We said number one was denying self. Number two is discipleship. Number three is serving. And then number four is giving. And so we've already looked at denying self and we're in our series of of teachings on discipleship. And so before we get into uh, the act of discipleship, we wanted to make sure you had an understanding of what it means to be a disciple. Glory to God. Now we said a disciple is a disciplined follower or one who follows a person or a course of action or plan. And so a disciple, according to scripture, is someone that's saved, that's disciplined, and that's teachable. Saved, disciplined, and teachable because the Bible talks a lot about disciples, uh, more talks more about a disciple than it does a Christian. And so we all saw over in Acts chapter number 11 that, Christian, that disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Why? Because I believe through their discipling or being a disciple of Christ, they begin to look like him because the word Christian simply means Christ-like. And so our endeavor in life should be to become more like him. Praise God. We should begin to look like him and ultimately be, be him in the earth realm. Praise God. And that's what Christian means. Christian means Christ-like. And part of that word Christian is Christ, which means anointed one with an anointing. And so there's an anointing uh, that Jesus had to live, and that anointing has been released to us. And we mentioned to you last week that we need to look further uh further to the anointing to just be able to lay hands on somebody for them to receive healing and, and prosperity and finances. But we should rely and look to this anointing to help us have the power to live right. Amen. Glory to God. Because, that, see, we need that anointing. We need the yoke-destroying yoke or burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God to help us live right because we can't do it in our flesh. Amen. It's not done through the arm of the flesh. It's done with our choice and the power of God. And so God has released the anointing, and we need to begin to rely on this anointing to keep us saved. Amen. Hello. 
Praise God. Got it? Because sometimes the flesh does rise up. Oh, help me somebody. Does rise up. We need the anointing to come in and remove that burden and destroy that yoke, right? Got it? You, we do want to do some things that's not right. We need the anointing. The burden removing, yoke destroying power. got to come in and help us stay in line with the word of God. You got that? Now, so we begin talking about what are some characteristics of a disciple. We look first in, uh, in the Bible where it says that Jesus says, if any man come to him and is not willing to give up father, mother, wives, children, uh, or anything, or even them own sel- own, their own selves, cannot be his disciple. And so what is he saying? He didn't, he didn't say that we should dislike our parents, dislike our wives, hate our parents, hate our, our wives as it into, as it uh, as despising them. What he's saying is that we shouldn't have anyone or anything before him. That's what he's saying. So if anybody would put anyone or anything before Jesus or before God, they cannot be a disciple of Jesus. Why? Because at some point, if you have anything or anyone before God or before Jesus, you will always be in the place to choose them over God. And if you make a choice to serve somebody else, over God or over Jesus, you cannot be a disciple of God or disciple of Jesus. Are y'all with me? Just, I'm just trying to make it real plain because sometimes we have, we have pet gods. It could be a hobby. It could be a person. It could be a career. It could be a sport. Come on. And if we put any of these things before God, Jesus has said, let me just tell you right up front, don't, don't look to be one of my disciples if you have anything before me. Because when it comes down to choice, you're going to choose what you have first. And not all of us have God first yet. Oh, hunt your neighbors. Are you listening to him today? Are you listening to him? I'm just honest. Not all of us. Not all of us. Not 100% of us today. We're going to get there. Oh, y'all should have had a better amen than that. We're going to get there. But not all of us today, at this moment, have God first. And until you're able to switch that and move whatever you have before God down below God, Jesus is saying this class, you cannot be my disciple. So first thing had to be first. God has to be first. And when you talk about God, you're talking about, of course, Jesus, Holy Spirit, the word of God. All the things that contain in, with God, because God and his word can't be separated. God and Jesus can't be separated. God and Holy Spirit can't be separated. And so when you say, I have God first, that means you have Jesus first, you have Holy Spirit first, and you also have the word first. And so that has to be first. So once you, once you set that up, or once you establish that and be committed to that, now you can begin to look at these other things uh, that he says about characteristics of being the disciple. So we left off last week sharing with you some characteristics of being a disciple. We said, number one, a disciple is one who abides in the word of God. Okay? Abide. What does the word abide mean? It means to live in the word of God. Make the word priority. Uh, Look into the word for their instruction and for uh, their life source. Uh, Always, when you hear the word, always have a listening ear and an open spirit to receive the word of God. Because some people sit under the word, but they they don't hear the word. They're listening, but they're not hearing. Jesus said, let them to have ears to hear, let them hear. So what is he saying? There must be a different kind of hearing than just hearing with this natural ear. 
Because we hear sounds and noises and words with this natural ear, but there's a kind of hearing you need to have with the word of God that you got to hear with your spirit. You are here with your innermost being. What is this word saying to me? Because Jesus said, the word that I speak to you are spirit and life. And so it's, it's designed, the word is designed to minister to your spirit. But if you've got all kind of interference, all kind of things going on in your life, distractions, uh, heaviness, all these things going on in you, sometimes the word don't get to your spirit. It gets to your outer ear, but it, don't, it doesn't get on the inside of you. So we have to clear all that. And so we have to plan and prepare when we come to church. I plan and, I deter and I, I'm determined and I expect to hear from God today. Amen. Amen. And we're going to get there. We're going to get there. This, this church, uh, this church body is going to be word lovers. Amen. And you're not going to settle for anything else. That's why I got to be selective who I let come teach you. Because they, they come with a whole lot of fluff, y'all be looking like. What are you going to say? Gonna, come on, say something. Y'all with me? But that's, that's training, and that's where you should be. Because a lot of people are saying a whole lot of things, but they're not saying anything that ministers to your spirit. Amen. And so this word is designed to really transform your life. It's really designed to transform your life. All right? So number one is... Uh, a disciple is one who abides in the word, okay? All right, number two, the second characteristic of a disciple we see in Scripture. Go over to John 13 with me, John 13. The second characteristic of one who is a disciple of God or a disciple of Jesus is a disciple is one who loves the brethren. A disciple is one who loves the brethren, okay? John 13, please, John 13. And let's look at verse number 34. John 13, 34. Say I'm there when you're there, please. Okay, great. It says, a new commandment I have, I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. Remember, a disciple is a follower of a person. So Jesus is saying here that you should love one another like I have loved people. So we ought to follow the example of Jesus in our love walk. You got that? He says, as I've loved one, uh, you also love one another. Verse 35, by this, by what? By our love for one another. By this shall all men know. Wow, look at this class. All men know that you are my what? Come on, talk to me, what? Disciples. By this, by what? By our love walk. Will all men know that we are his disciple? Got that? If you love or if you have love one to another. So Jesus is saying, look, an, a, an identification or a mark of identification for a disciple is their ability to love one another. Now, I must agree, not everybody behaves to the place where they are lovable. Come on, let's be real. But everyone can be loved. Right? Because, you know, people are in process of changes and, and people are being influenced by wrong, uh, wrong things. And so it, it, it makes it challenging sometimes to walk in love. But Jesus demonstrated to all of us 
that you can walk in love with everyone. Amen. Now, what's this love we're talking about? We're not talking about a love that's conditional because we're so used to placing conditions on people and that if they don't meet any particular uh, conditions, then we don't love them. But see, when you, when you love like Jesus loved, l Jesus removed all conditions. He says, you know what? You don't have to meet any conditions. I'm going to love you anyway. You got it? For God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't, God didn't say, meet three conditions, and then I'll send my son to die for you. Bible says we love God because he first loved us, right? And so our then response to him, our response to his love is to love him. And if we love him, we must love people because people are his highest creation. So if you really truly love God, then your love walk should show it. Amen. So then we shouldn't be, uh, we shouldn't be uh, offended at people. We shouldn't not, we should not, we should choose, we shouldn't choose not to forgive people. We should walk in love. We should receive them, minister to them, and be an example to them. Now, when you walk in love, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be your best friend. Let me say that. Because, you know, personality, you, you, you connect with, more, with different people or you connect with some people better than you do with other people. I mean, come on, just to be, just to be real. To say loving somebody means be everybody's best friend is a setup for failure. It doesn't mean that. Love doesn't look friendly all the time. Love some, sometimes looks hard. But the motive is I have to say something to you because I love you. Because if I don't say something to you, you might bust your head open. Right? And so we got to understand this love thing. Love is without conditions, the agape love. And so the Bible is saying that, uh, that, we, that the people know. The Bible says that the people know that we are his disciples because we walk in love. So now, do we demonstrate love as children of God when we get to the place where we can't speak to people? That we avoid people? that we backbite about people, that we gossip about people. Is that demonstrating the love of God? Did Jesus forgive that girl that was caught in the adultery? Should have been two of them out there. Should have been the man and the woman. But they just threw the girl out there. And he said, look, girl, your sins have been forgiven. Go sin no more. Jesus didn't go back to his disciples and no, that, that girl crazy. That girl crazy. He just, she just, she just crazy. You know, can you believe she was in there sleep with that dude? No, you don't hear anything like that. Because once he forgives, he forgets. Yeah, do, do we demonstrate? And so when we're talking to an unsaved, unsaved person gossiping about another person and you're saved, do you demonstrate to them that you are a disciple of Jesus? Absolutely not. Hello, are you still here? Do I need to dial your number? No, no, no. He says, this is, this is one way that people will know that you're his disciple. 
Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. Let's look at some more scripture. Y'all look like y'all need another scripture on that one. Jesus combined the Ten Commandments into two. He said, number one, that you love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Then number two, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. So if you, do, if you keep those two, you will fulfill the rest. So relationship with God is not a list of, of do's and don'ts. It's not, you know, a list of do, do not, don't do this, don't do that. It's a list of if you love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, everything else take care of itself. Are y'all hearing that? Matthew 40, uh, Matthew 43, please. Matthew 43. Oh, I apologize. 5, Matthew chapter 5. Verse 43. There's no 43 chapters in Matthew. Y'all knew better than that. Matthew 5, 43. Is everyone there now? Okay, great. You have heard that it had been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Oh, love your enemies. You mean, Pastor, I'm supposed to love folk that are my enemies, and I know they're my enemies? What does the scripture say? Yes. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Oh. Do good to them that hate you. Oh. And pray for them that suspitefully, what? Use you. Persecute you. So he gives you the example. He gives you the formula of how to walk in love. Folk, there's some folk out there that don't like you. That's that, okay, that's just what it is. The Bible said they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. But our response shouldn't be to the same as theirs. We should not render evil for evil. But we should render, we should render good for evil because when we do good for evil, it is like reaping coals of fire upon their head. They don't, it, it, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to deal with it. And so because they don't know how to deal with it, they have to leave you alone. Because it becomes more irritable to them, the more bad they do to you and the more good you do to them, it's more irritable. Than, oh, man, I'm out of here, man. They crazy. You understand what I'm saying? And, but, but what happens is Jesus says this, if, be at, if, uh, if your mind is stayed on, the, on him, he'll make, uh, he'll make your enemies be at peace with you. And so we got to walk in love. How do we do that? We, we pray for them that uh, hate us or that despitefully use us. We, what, love our enemies. We bless them that curse us. And we do good to them that hate us. So our response to everything against us should be something good. Why? Because we are the disciple of Jesus. And how many know we need the anointing to do that? Oh, man, because you want to ball your fist up, you want to pick up a pan, you want to throw something at them, you want to run them off the road, slash their tires, scratch up the side of that car, you want to do all kinds of stuff. You need the anointing to get yourself together. You can't do it on your own. Come on, talk to me. That's why we've had failure before. We've had failure because we've been trying to do it in our own strength. And we've been doing, trying to do it absent from the power of God that's been released to us to walk in this kind of love. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Shout with me. They say, I choose, I choose to, walk to walk in love because the love of God love has, of God been, has shed been shed in my heart by Holy Spirit. By Holy now, this is a good news flash. You can do it. Yeah, amen. Amen. Oh, I got about 13 amens. I said, you can can do it. 
You can. This is not impossible. You can do it. Amen. You can walk in love with it. It doesn't matter what folk do to you. You can still love them. Some people you love from afar. Some people you love closer. But you can love everybody. Yes. Loving from afar means I'm not going to dog them out. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not going to defame their character. I'm not going to assassinate them when they're not around. I'm not going to do things behind their back to, to, uh, to make them look bad. I'm not going to do any of that. What I'm going to do, I'm going to pray for them. If they need something, I'm going to minister to them. Oh, y'all, y'all faded on that one. I said if they need something, I'm going to minister to them. It's a, it's a sign of discipleship. Because how in the world you can do good to somebody that you know they're them wrong with you? You do that through the love of God. You, in, you, you, you tap into the power of God. You walk in love. And you come out strengthened on the other side. Are you hear what I'm saying? Look at Ephesians 4. Look at Ephesians 4. So love should be seen, right? I think one, one part of scripture says love needs to be not only in word, but also in deed. Okay? So love can be seen. Love is seen through actions. Love is seen through attitude. Love is seen how you treat people. Because you can be stern, you can be direct with a person, and still, and still do it in love. You can. Right? But see, your attitude displays your love. If you're nasty, you're, you're sharp, you're, you're short, you just, you know, you lash out at people, that's not a demonstration of love. Jealousy and, and uh, covetousness and pride and all this kind of stuff. You know, when, when, when you see somebody doing better, you just kind of suck your teeth. Look at them. You know, that's not love. Come on, we still have issues in that in the church. Somebody get a blessing, you know, suck your What? What are you sucking your teeth for? That's enough to go around. Do your part and you get some. Just because I get a piece of pie don't mean it's less for you. Everybody got a full pie. Rejoice with them that rejoice. I love it when people get blessed. I love it, man. Kimmy, I love testimonies. I love when people get blessed. I love it, man. It just, it just let me know that God is faithful. He's not, he's no respecter of persons. And see, I shut myself down. I shut my blessing down when I begin to despise somebody's blessing. You see somebody get promoted in a position. Why they get up there? Why they there? They there because the Lord allowed them to be there. You get your attitude right, maybe you'll get there. Well, I said go Ephesians, right? <laughs> so y'all start looking down. <laughs> no, really. Really. But that's a, that's, that's a place we're going to get to because we're disciples. All right, look at this. Uh, four, Ephesians 4.32. I want to show you this, man, because some of us are still holding on to some unforgiveness. And you need to let that thing go now because you hinder the love when you, when you walk in un- unforgiveness. All right, look at this. And be ye kind one to another. What did he say? Be what? Kind. kind. Be what? Kind. kind. That, that, not the word for kind is nice. It, it, you shouldn't have to teach Christians to be nice. Christians should be the nicest people on the face of the earth. But we got some nasty, saved folk. 
they'll cuss you, cut you. I'm just saying. Where did that come from? It come from the devil. They have an unrenewed mind, and they don't know who they are. Because if you know who you are, you wouldn't behave that. But just, 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 just flat out, just nat, just nasty. But you know what? We still have to love them into into Christianity. We have to love them into it. You got it. We should be the best employees. We should be getting, we should, we should, we should be, I mean, when our supervisor, when your, your name come up to your supervisor, they should be like, you know what, I am so glad they work here. I'm telling you what, they do what they're supposed to do. They're on time. I don't have to wonder about if they're going to show up or not. I don't have to be looking for them when, at that desk and they at the, at the break, at the break room when they're supposed to be at that desk. Oh, man, don't y'all get quiet on me now. So you want you want to act all kinds of ways and then put on your your Christian badge or your Christian button on uh, on Friday and be like, come to my church. You ain't going to your church because the love is not seen. We should be the best employees because the Bible says that everything we do we should do unto the Lord. Hello, this is Dr. Fry, and I want to thank you for viewing today's broadcast. I've been teaching on a series entitled Kingdom Living. And doing, in Kingdom Living, there's four components. Number one, there's denying self. Number two is discipleship. Number three is serving. And number four is giving. So I just finished a lesson on being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ because we first must be a disciple before we endeavor to disciple someone else. And so the Bible talks about some characteristics of discipleship. And number one is that they abide in the word of God. Number two, that they love the brethren. And number three, that they bear much fruit. So as a child of God, our ultimate purpose is to fulfill the will and word of God. And part of that is to be a disciple of Jesus and be conformed to his image. What does that mean? That means we're supposed to be like him the more we live. Every day we live, we should be more like Jesus. Every week, every month, every year that we live, we should become more like him because we are to represent him on the earth. So I know you enjoyed the teaching. The announcer is going to come uh, up next and share with you some exciting products that you can uh, partake of and that you can order from our, our bookstore. And I appreciate you for, for being a part of our audience today, and I look forward to seeing you here on next week. Thanks again for viewing the Life of Faith broadcast. God bless you. For a gift of any amount to the ministry this month, Dr. Fry will send you this dynamic lesson entitled Uncontaminated Faith. Learn how to get results by using the faith you already have. In this teaching, Dr. Fry challenges you to break the limitations and start living the abundant life in Christ. To receive your copy of this dynamic teaching, call toll-free 1-877-342-4193 right now as operators are standing by. Consider becoming a Life of Faith partner today. Your financial support of $20 or more per month will assist Dr. Fry in taking the gospel around the world through television and missions. Imagine the countless lives that will be touched and changed through this ministry because of your faithful support. Log on to www.fccintl.org or call toll-free 1-877-342-4193 and become a partner today because together we can make it happen. 
You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. And now for your convenience, you can make your contributions online. Join us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fry.